0: i my God, is still cold! The Hellraiser is full! Here we go! Evolution of the Shield! John Cena versus the her. Hulk Hogan and The Rock in the same ring! You will never take my place at the head of the table! Undertaker! With a Haskell submission! Oh my God! What? My God, Michaels! Just kick Cena's head off! The it will be the Raw! It'll be Austin 101! Oh. Do you believe in
1: Miracle? The streak is over! Hey, what's going on guys, and welcome back to Rivalries on the WWE podcast on this Friday, December 17th, as we are just a little over a week away from Christmas and Trying to get your minds off of all this COVID-19 nonsense, no matter where you are. I know up here in Canada, seems like we're poised for another lockdown. <laughs> How fun is that? But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to escape this unfortunate reality that much of many of us are living right now. And talk about a rivalry that happened about, uh, I would say, nine years ago at this time. And we are going back to 2013 2014 for Daniel Bryan versus Triple H slash The Authority, whichever way you want to look at it, in one of the most historic, organic, I would say, pushes we've ever seen in WWE. And the thing is, is that WWE was going through a bit of a transition in mid-2013, and it was kind of like the tail end of the PG era, and ushering in the, I guess, the reality era is what you wanted to call, like, everything that happened post-WrestleMania 30, and in 2013, you kind of had a changing of the guard going on where, you know, The Rock's return to the ring was done. He lost to John Cena at WrestleMania 29, And then he never stepped foot back into a ring in a wrestling match capacity ever again. And as usual, I'm not counting his match with Eric Rowan at WrestleMania 32. You had John Cena kind of starting to dip his toe out. And at the time we didn't know, but you could say that with retrospect that 2013 was perhaps the last year where John Cena was a legitimate um, champion and face of the company. And then you had Randy Orton kind of lost in obscurity and had been for, I guess, the preceding three years or so. And obviously CM Punk's title reign had ended in early 2013 at the hands of The Rock. And he had kind of held the the company on his back alongside John Cena through the latter part of 2011 and all of 2012. So by the time 2013 came around people were kind of looking for a new guy to turn to, a new star, a new face, a new character, a new wrestler, a fresh face for the crowd to get behind. And that man turned out to be Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan was a guy that he kind of came up in the early PG era in 2009-2010, and if I'm getting some dates wrong here, it's because I really did not watch wrestling in the early years of when Daniel Bryan was coming up. And you know, he wins the money in the bank briefcase. He cashes in on the big show and Mark Henry and their world title match that I believe it was Hell in a Cell. And then he goes on to WrestleMania 28 and drops the title in what was it, 28 seconds, in a match that, in my opinion, kind of buried the world heavyweight championship. I believe it was the first match on the card. And it ends in less than 30 seconds. And the other part about that is, is that Sheamus had won the Royal Rumble that year in 2012, which is supposed to segue you to the main event of WrestleMania. That's the whole point of the Royal Rumble. But he was on the first match of the card. And, you know, I'm not going to go in down that deep rabbit hole because in the last number of years we've seen the winner of the royal rumble not always end up in the main event of wrestlemania case in point seth rollins in 2019 against brock lesnar but after that you had daniel bryan kind of go on a bit of a heel run where you know he was gonna marry aj lee and then she dumps him to become the raw general manager in the summer of 2012 And then, in my opinion, his organic push and the love that the crowd got behind him was when he aligned himself with Kane and formed Team Hell No. And that's at least, in my opinion, when I really started to appreciate what Daniel Bryan brought to the table. Because we all know he was a great in-ring wrestler. We all knew how talented he was when he was between the robes. But I found, personally that he had was struggling to find his true niche as a character on the roster, even after he won the World Heavyweight Championship in late 2011. And then his match at w- WrestleMania 28 with Sheamus kind of put a stain on it, at least for me. But when he got involved with Kane, he had that excellent six-man Tornado Tag Team match with The Shield at TLC in 2012, I thought that he really gained some traction. And by the summer of 2013, you really started to see Daniel Bryan break through that proverbial glass ceiling and really start to gain the love of fans. And it resulted in him having a WWE Championship match against none other than John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania, of SummerSlam 2013 with Triple H being the special guest referee. And Triple H, too, was kind of venturing into uncharted waters at this time as well, because while he had been dipping his toe in the managerial role and had been for about two years at this point, he never had really dove head first into being the main authority figure in WWE, kind of like the successor to Vince McMahon as the on-screen heel manager character. But in 2013, he kind of closes out his program with Brock Lesnar inside a Hell in a Cell. And then when he returns in the summer of 2013, he remains a babyface. But by the time we got to the SummerSlam of 2013, at least myself, I started posing questions as to why Triple H inserted himself into the main event of SummerSlam, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. And in a shocking turn of events, Daniel Bryan actually defeats John Cena for the WWE Championship, his first ever WWE title win, because before this, he had only held the World Heavyweight Championship. But as shocking as that win may have been, it was not as shocking as what came afterwards.
0: Slam! The is here, kid. Hey.
1: So, in something that was kind of poetic, you have Triple H help Randy Orton defeat Daniel Bryan and pick up his first WWE Championship. And I want to say four years about because Orton had gotten involved with the World Heavyweight Title most notice, most notably rather with his program with Christian in the summer of 2011, I believe but in terms of the WWE championship it had been if i'm not mistaken since wrestlemania 25 against triple h that they had not cro- that orton had not been in the WWE title picture and i believe after that he had the program with uh, batista as well where he broke his arm but it all kind of tied back in with triple h and then Of course, you go back even farther than that and Evolution and Randy Orton losing his first ever world title victory championship to Triple H at Unforgiven in 2004. And the story between Orton and Triple H, a rivalry that I still haven't covered, I most definitely will get to eventually. It's just so historic that it almost came full circle with triple h helping randy orton cash in the money in the bank because you have to understand is that randy orton at this point had kind of been lost at sea and had been for probably two years or so ever since his program for the world heavyweight championship with christian in 2011 and you know he had been involved in you know just weird storylines he was in a six-man tag team match against the shield at that year's wrestlemania before that, I believe he was in a singles match with Kane at WrestleMania 28. Like Randy Orton had been directionalist for a long, long time, which is crazy to think about. So Triple H getting him back on the horse here was just something incredible and very poetic. But to tie back into Triple H versus Daniel Bryan, this was something that indirectly started the most brilliant long-term booking and storytelling we saw out of WWE in, you know, recent memory. And the reason I say it was unintentional is because they had no intentions of getting to the finish line that they ultimately did in at WrestleMania 30, which is where this would all eventually culminate. And by saying that, it's because... They didn't want Daniel Bryan to ultimately conquer this mountain. But what they started here was something brilliant. And where they were going with this originally was to unify the championships at TLC. And at TLC, you had John Cena by that point, the world heavyweight champion. And you had Randy Orton as the WWE champion, and they would be in a unification ladder match to determine the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And they had a ceremony where you know you had Triple H in there, kind of mediating it. You had Cena there as the world champ, or there's the WWE champ, and the ring was littered with former world champions, one of which including Daniel Bryan. And by this point, Daniel Bryan was out of the title picture. He was out of the main event scene. He was kind of starting to fast track into a program with Bray Wyatt that would culminate at at Royal Rumble 2014. And, you know, you had Randy Orton defend the WWE Championship against Big Show as he kind of got involved in this. And Daniel Bryan was off with the Wyatts. But when you had this ceremony, you really had the fans hijack the entire segment.
0: WWE Champion, a select few have actually been both. But all of you have etched your place in history in a way that only winning a championship can Tonight, all of you are here to witness a ceremony that symbolizes an epic moment in time, a game-changing moment in time. Fans have got there's Nothing like the WWE, and this is why. The Triple H has got to be seedy. Remember, Triple H is the reason Daniel Bryan is a WWE champion today. Remember that, Superstar of the Earth.
1: This was one of the biggest pops, I think. I had ever seen, at least in the recent time leading up to 2013, since probably like the years of The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and early on John Cena. The crowd was so organically behind Daniel Bryan and in this segment, you know, it was about John Cena and it was about Randy Orton, the two biggest stars of the PG era and had been for eight years. For you know, especially after Brock Lesnar had left and Batiste had left. It was John Cena and Randy Orton. They were kind of like the unofficial successors to the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not nearly as close as Rock and Austin, but still the two biggest stars following that generation. And you have all these different world champions in the ring, like the big shows there, CM Punk is there, Mark Henry's there, HBK's there, Triple H is the one actually steering the ship on the segment. And the crowd just has zero interest in what he had to say, what Triple H had to say. They had no interest what Cena would have to say, what Orton would have to say. They wanted Daniel Bryan. And this was in December of 2013. Mm-hmm. And they still plugged, plugged along, mm-hmm. and by they, I mean WWE, in their initial plans for WrestleMania. And those plans were Batista versus Randy Orton for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship to main event WrestleMania 30. And I don't know why Vince McMahon thought this was a good idea. I don't know why Vince McMahon thought that, especially hearing this, you know, a month before Batista was returning. This happened a month before Batista returned to WWE why vince believed that they wanted to see randy orton versus batista in 2014 like you know you were about five or six years too late and although people had never seen it at a wrestlemania before they had seen batista versus randy orton they had seen that numerous times and they wanted something better And CM Punk has talked about this in the past, and this was right around the time when CM Punk would eventually walk away from WWE. He did so, I believe his last appearance on WWE programming was um, the Royal Rumble in 2014. And Punk has said it since then, and to be honest, he's absolutely right. The main event of WrestleMania 30 should have been CM Punk versus Daniel Bryan. CM Punk going in as the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Bryan probably winning the Royal Rumble and ultimately defeating CM Punk at WrestleMania 30. That's the way it should have been. And you probably would have had the biggest baby face versus baby face main event at a WrestleMania, probably since HBK versus John Cena at WrestleMania 23. And if not, maybe rock versus Austin versus, uh, versus each other at WrestleMania 17. And that may be a lot to say and, you know, to compare Punk and Bryan to Rock and Austin. But the thing is, is that Punk was so over and had been for two and a half years. And Daniel Bryan was scorching hot. Like, I don't even remember a time before or after someone getting so much of a crowd push behind him organically without the help of WWE than Daniel Bryan here. And like I said, they were keeping him away from the main event. He was going, you know, headfirst into a program with Bray Wyatt. He would actually join the Wyatt family for a couple weeks and then turn on Bray Wyatt inside a steel cage on a Monday Night Raw and then face Bray Wyatt and ultimately lose at the Royal Rumble in 2014. And I think the Royal Rumble in 2014 is where this truly, truly turned for Daniel Bryan and you know they were waiting for Daniel Bryan to enter that Royal Rumble the entire night and he hadn't been but it came down to the last spot number 30 and people thought it was going to be Daniel Bryan I remember watching that pay-per-view live people were just going nuts wanting it to be Daniel Bryan and then the music hits and it's Rey Mysterio And look, I hate Rey Mysterio. I've despised him for several years now. But the boos that he got when his music hit, I will never forget it. I remember he eventually got eliminated and the crowd started cheering. And then you eventually had Batista win the Royal Rumble. And this is when everyone just lost their absolute minds. People went ballistic and were freaking out. They wanted Daniel Bryan. And he wasn't even in the match. That's the worst part about this is that he wasn't even involved in the Royal Rumble match. And that just sent people into a tailspin. And this is when the ball really, really got rolling for Daniel Bryan to make his way into the main event of WrestleMania 30, which is what the people wanted. Like nobody wanted to see a baby Batista who hadn't been in WWE for what, four years at this point, five years even maybe go up against Randy Orton. And I mean, maybe it wasn't fair to those guys. I, you know, in retrospect, I felt bad for Batista. His his full-time return to the ring just flopped big time, ultimately because of bad booking decisions, in my opinion. But, you know, they had to get Daniel Bryan there and by any means necessary. But now you had CM Punk walk out on WWE following the Royal Rumble 2014 and you know in retrospect probably with good reason but now you had to find a way to get daniel bryan into the main event of wrestlemania and had to call an audible along the way and this led to the famous hijacking of monday night raw
0: so i tried to protect you i protected you in summerslam i protected you ever since then and what happens this happens you want to know why i didn't fight you at wrestlemania for your own good, Daniel. Because I will end all of this. Because at Wrestlemania, I will not stop until I end you. That's the way I operate. And that's the way it's going to be. You want to fight me at Wrestlemania? Oh boy. Then be careful what you wish for. You're on. Oh man! It's going to happen. Get the hell out of my ring! You see, because as much as these people want to see me fight you at WrestleMania, what they really want is to see me fighting for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Oh my gosh! I like the sound of that! So, here is what we really want. If I beat you at WrestleMania 30, I get added to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. So that then, the main event would be Randy Orton versus Batista versus DANIEL BRYAN! <laughs> and a triple dread match! <laughs> oh, what? Oh, man! Hunter's gonna blow a gasket here! Here it yeah. comes, here it comes! Uh, thank so you for the security! Are, why are you going to pick Hunter? Why are you going to pick? you You want you that? A you want that? You get all of it! You get me! You get your deal! Get out of my ring! And I am gonna end this! At WrestleMania, you can bet your ass. Daniel Bryan has pushed the COO over the edge. And it worked. Daniel Bryan in the Yes Movement gets what it wants. Look at that. Not a-
1: so Bryan gets the match with Triple H. And if he wins the match, then it would result in him being added to what would ultimately become a w- the Triple Threat Match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And again, if I felt bad for Batista and Orton, because they were supposed to be the two guys at the in the main event, rather, at the biggest pay-per-view of the year, the the 30th WrestleMania, and it all becomes about Daniel Bryan. And then you kind of knew, right, that it was going to be a triple threat match, like they wouldn't book something like this. Had it not been already in the cards, not saying that it wasn't the right thing to do absolutely the right thing to do. But it was kind of unfortunate that it became so predictable, especially for the WrestleMania main event and featuring the most prestigious championship in WWE. And as we all know. Daniel Bryan goes on. He defeats Triple H in the opening match at WrestleMania 30. Triple H injures him after the match. And then in the actual match, Daniel Bryan gets double teamed by Batista and Randy Orton. That powerbomb RKO combo through the announce table. Triple H gets involved. To no avail, Daniel Bryan makes Batista tap out to the yes lock. To, uh, to win the WWE World Heavyweight Championships in one of the most historic, I guess, pushes and main event matches and storylines in the history of the company. But it would not end there. As the next night on Monday Night Raw, Daniel Bryan comes out, confronted by Triple H, who's livid, and says, you are going to go one-on-one with me at wrestle uh, in the main event of that Monday Night Raw, the very night after WrestleMania. And it would be for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And this would be the ultimate culmination to the rivalry between Triple H and Randy and Daniel Bryan, rather, but not without the interference of many others. And
0: Randy Orton from behind, Daniel Bryan, he's trying to fight back here at Alpatista. Oh, come on, guys. A two-on-one muggy by Orton and Batista on the champion. This is supposed to be a title match between Daniel Bryan and Triple H. What? Well, we still may have one. Oh, come on. This is outrageous. These two guys what? didn't get the rematch tonight. Now they're taking it out of the champion. He didn't make the decision to defend his title against Triple H. While well, he was out here gloating. Come on. Maybe it upset it? him. And RKO no. to Daniel Bryant. Both men have their reasons for this. Come on, stop this. Run oh, no, like out. the up. RKO now the animal Batista. Looking for the Batista face to Daniel Bryant.
1: So before the match even gets underway, you have Triple H or Randy Orton Batista walk out to the ring, dismantle Daniel Bryan, Batista bombs, RKO's. Then the director of operations, Corporate Kane, comes out, hits him with a chokeslam, and then Triple H makes his way to the ring to kind of just, you know, pick up the scraps, just make what's left of Daniel Bryan and win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. But as soon as the bell rang, there was another unexpected interference from outside wrestlers.
0: of justice taking their way to-
1: So the the shield basically turning babyface, I guess this was kind of like the official turn for them, kind of come to the save for uh, Daniel Bryan, make the save for him rather, come to his aid and really put a bow and an end on the Triple H versus, Randy, uh, versus Daniel Bryan rivalry. Sorry, there's so many moving parts in this rivalry. You have John Cena kind of involved, Randy Orton, the shield, Batista, all these guys. But... After this, you know, Triple H along with Orton and Batista went on to feud with The Shield. Daniel Bryan had, I believe, two matches with Kane who put back on the mask and then unfortunately that is when his injury problems began to st- uh, began and uh, he ends up relinquishing the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, comes back in 2015 and wins the Intercontinental Championship and ultimately has to step away once again for what we thought would be permanent but ultimately returns after what was it four years away from the ring but the Daniel Bryan Triple H rivalry was one that put him on the map as a main eventer and a guy that we now know today as Bryan Danielson in AEW and to Triple H's credit I think that at this time he was arguably the right guy to do it especially with um cm punk out of the mix uh i do believe that had cm punk stuck around and had creative done the right thing from the onset cm punk versus daniel bryan would have been a money main event for wrestling at 30 babyface versus babyface punk going in as champion bryan going in as the Royal rumble winner but hey it wasn't meant to be at least in the eyes of vince mcmahon and at least we got the daniel bryan yes movement in some capacity Although it did uh, leave, easy enough for me to say, leave a little to be desired because we know that we could have gotten Punk versus Daniel Bryan in the main event at WrestleMania. But anyway, guys, that's all I got for you today. I hope you enjoyed Triple H versus Daniel Bryan. As always, you can get me on Twitter at Marco 25 You can get Matt on Twitter at wrestling underscore audio. Or you can email him at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. So anyway, guys, stay safe out there. Happy holidays, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>